You are Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in. Happy Thursday. It's the Locked On Syracuse podcast, and boy, we've got a good one for you today. We're going to talk with Stephen Bailey from 24-7 Sports Cuse Nation. He's got all things football for you as we continue to count down the days to football season, Tim. So close. Right around the corner. We cannot wait for it, and Stephen has us even more jacked up for it. But first, check us out on Twitter, at LO underscore Syracuse. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's Apple, Spotify, the Odyssey app as well. Also, uh, tell a friend about the show, because if you love Syracuse football, if you love any sort of recruiting with Syracuse, if you love Syracuse basketball, and if you know friends that love them too, tell them about the show because we're talking about it with you Monday through Friday. The only place to get daily weekday Syracuse podcasts. It's right here, the Locked On Syracuse podcast. All right, let's talk with Stephen Bailey. Today going to be a lot of quarterback stuff, a little bit of offensive line as well. So let's get to it. Here is Stephen Bailey. All right, football season not too far away, and no one better to bring on than one of the most plugged-in guys in all of the Syracuse football media. It is Stephen Bailey. You can find his work on 24-7 Sports uh, as a part of Cuse Nation. And, Stephen, thanks so much for joining us. Before we get to some football stuff, I do want to address one thing real quick. So, Tim and I, we like to keep track here uh, of all the the scoops that, that all the reporters get here, and you – are number one in all of the Syracuse reporter scoop standings. There's a couple national guys mixed in there as well. You're ahead of guys like Woj, Jeff Goodman, all that stuff. So uh, welcome to the show. We have the scoop standings champion right now on the program. Thanks. Yeah, that's that's definitely an honor. I probably have an edge on some of the people who uh, don't really pay any attention <laughs> to Syracuse on that level. But uh, yeah, only you spend enough time covering a team, you it, it feels it, it feels good to uh you know be able to break some of that news. Well, Stephen, it was great to see some of your tweets recently. I know a lot of fans were in the same camp where you were at the training camp, and a lot different than last year. It just felt like a sense of normalcy to see you back doing those videos again. What did you glean from the limited time that you got to see that first practice the other day? Yeah, it was it was really fun to be back. I never thought I would miss watching 10 minutes of like stretching and, you know, half speed positional drills. Um, but it was cool. You know, I, I don't think there was a ton to really take away. Um, like on a, on a kind of personnel level, it's not surprising that Neil Nunn and Steve Linton were limited. They both had off season surgery I mean, Neil's coming off an ACL. So he's, he's going to need to work his way back. Um, it was cool to see Garrett Schrader. I think he was, He's a little bigger up close than than maybe I expected. So it, it'll be fun to, you know, I don't know when I'll actually get to see him play football. It might not be in, until the Ohio game, um, but it, it'll, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do with the ball in his hands, um, especially as a runner and as someone who can extend plays in the pocket. Um, I'm excited to get a look at Jason Simmons, the safety transfer from New Mexico state. You know, I really didn't get to look at the DBs much, for the the way the 10 minutes work is it, it does kind of the schedule does kind of change over time but it was like four or five minutes of positional drills on one field the other field was doing punt teamwork and then team stretching lines so there really wasn't much going on with the dbs didn't get a chance to see him um 
but yeah, you know, it was, it was cool to see a lot of alumni there. Um, I thought, I thought there was a, a pretty positive energy, which I feel like, I mean, any team that finally gets to return to normal preseason camp is going to have after the pandemic. Um, so yeah, you know, it, you know, nothing crazy to take away, but, I think everyone was happy to kind of be back in a normal-ish day one of practice, and uh, you know I'm 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 excited to to get a bet to get a better look at some of those guys like Simmons and Schrader and you know Chris Bleich. You know, is he gonna maybe you know is he gonna play guard? Might they shuffle some of those guards around to, to get their best five guys out there? Um, there? There's a lot of interesting stuff going on in camp that I'm excited to get a, a closer look at. Let's just cut to the million dollar question here because everyone wants to know where the quarterback battle is. And there's not a whole heck of a lot you can glean from the 10 minutes you're at practice, but with Garrett Schrader and and Tommy DeVito, based on things that you hear, how is that quarterback uh, competition progressing right now? Yeah. You know, everyone's, you know, yeah, everyone does (laughs) certainly want to know what's going on. Um, I, I think some of that will have to be resolved in camp, but, you know, throughout this whole process, my my perspective has kind of been that that Tommy is probably going to be the guy. Um, the hope is the offense that the offensive line takes a step forward, and obviously more more protection would benefit him as a pocket style passer compared compared to a dual threat guy. I mean, every quarterback wants more time, but if you give Tommy DeVito time, you know, for routes to develop and for him to to use some of the arm talent that he's really known for, he's going to be able to to be more effective compared to someone, you know, whose strengths may be, you know, the shorter passing game and running with the ball and, and all, and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, my, my expectation is that, you know, Syracuse tries to roll with Tommy barring, you know, Garrett straight up outperforming him in preseason camp. Um, if the offensive line runs into some of the issues they have the last two years, you know, I don't, I don't know that it's, it, it, it'll, it'll really work. You know, obviously I don't know it'll work with any quarterback. I mean, Eric Dungy had some of those issues his first few years on campus and he didn't, he didn't finish those first three seasons. Um, but having someone who can move around back there, I, I think the worse the offensive line issues are, the better the case is for Garrett Schrader to play. Um, and I think that goes for the whole season. Um, the offensive line is fairly healthy right now, as far as we know. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I lean toward Tommy, but you know, Garrett, I'm sure we'll get plenty of team reps during camp. And if, if he's throwing the ball better than Tommy, then, you know, which I, I think would be unexpected based on everything we, we know about the two of them, um, you know, then I'm sure Dino will play him. You laid out the giant if there, which is the offensive line at this mm-hmm. point. But let's assume it's a decent offensive line and improved offensive line this year. Do you believe Tommy DeVito does have a strong season in him, a season that could propel this team to a bowl game? Because I know there's kind of two camps on DeVito. A lot of people think we know what we've what we're getting with Tommy DeVito at this point. But do you believe that there is maybe some untapped potential in there that it has been the offensive line that has held them back? Maybe. Yeah, I mean, it's really they're really hard to separate. Um, but I think anyone who watched DeVito in 2018 when he when he filled in for Dungy saw what he's capable of. It's not like this is someone who who has not played at a high level. Now, doing it situationally against defense that maybe isn't prepared for you versus, you know, teams game planning for you with lots of film. And now, frankly, I believe if he's not the most sacked quarterback in the nation the last two years, he's one of. 
and I mean, he missed like half of the year last year, and he's probably still right up there. I mean, that I think that takes a toll on just about anybody mentally. Um, so to me, you know, the bigger question for me is can Tommy get back to to how he was? And without seeing tons of practice, it's hard for anyone to, to really answer that. You know, I've, I've, I've heard plenty of good reviews about Tommy in practice. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying he's not throwing the ball well, but when you step in in a game situation and there's a blitz coming, are you going to keep your eyes downfield? <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's, it's, I think easier said than done. So I do think Tommy DeVito has the ability to really succeed in this offense behind a solid offensive line, a, a decent offensive line. Um, but, you know, when the contact comes and, and, you know, he is forced to flush from the pocket, I am interested to see if he can play make a little bit better than he did. Um, and, and if he can, you know, not allow, not allow those situations to affect him when he does have time, it, you know, if potential again, if potentially he does have time. So I'm, I wouldn't count myself in either camp, but I certainly don't, you know, there are people out there who just think he flat out can't play. I, I think that's ridiculous. I mean, I think he's proven that he can play. Um, the question is if he'll be able to do it considering the hits he's taken the last two years and considering the, the time that he's given this year. All right, guys, are you looking for a new car part or a way to repair your car right now? Well, I've got the perfect solution for you. It is rockauto.com. Different from the chain storefronts that are often kind of tireless and meaningless exercises, going to those chain storefronts and then getting turned away at the door because they don't have the specific part you're looking for. Instead, skip that step. Go to rockauto.com today. It's a family business serving auto parts customers online now for 20 years. If you go to rockauto.com today, you can shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They always offer the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. I personally have used rockauto.com several times now. I can speak from experience, been happy each and every time. And when you go to rockauto.com today, be sure to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Again, put locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. I know the other day Dino came out and said, I want to, I want this to be a, someone grabs it by the reins and wins the quarterback competition. And I don't want to have to pick, but let's say it is a tie or close enough to a tie where Dino does have to make a decision. Is this a tie goes to the incumbent or Dino saying, you know what? We might need to shake something up here, maybe get a new dimension to our quarterback room and let's roll with the guy with the legs. Yeah, that's, that's a really tough situation. And, you know, I think, and I'm not sure if Dino thinks of it this way. I mean, I think he'll, you know, depending on the game plan, who does he actually think fits better? And maybe it's both of them. But when you have a quarterback battle like that, I, I think the perception in the locker room is really important. Like I was around for the Terrell Hunt, Drew Allen battle. And it was like, from what I remember, like fairly, fairly split. Like there were kind of, camps um you know that 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 i don't know not that they didn't support the other guy but when you, when you have a close battle there are different perceptions of of who the better option is and you know i i i'll be interested to see kind of how it plays out this year and, and if garrett is able to maybe <clears throat> you know 
gain that trust and support of some of his teammates. When you have someone coming back who started for two years and who you had success with three years ago, I think there's a lot of trust that's been built in that locker room. So, you know, let's, let's say most of the team, you know, does think it should be Tommy and does believe in Tommy because he's the guy who they've known since they've been on campus. If you're Dino and you, maybe you go with the other guy there, there is some risk that potentially comes with that. Um, you know, you, you, you've, you've got to, you've got to think of that at least a little bit. Um, so I would say if it is close, you know, I, I think Tommy would be the guy. Um, but I, you know, when I look at them, they're just such different players. Like it's almost hard to compare them on, on the, the exact same spectrum. That's why I think the offensive line matters so much. Like, do you, do you, are you able to have a vertical passing game? Like, do you have time for plays to develop? You know, if the answer is no, like that's a big check for Garrett Schrader, regardless of how well he's throwing the ball in practice. Um, and if the answer is yes, you know, unless Garrett Schrader, who, you know, with, with all due respect to him, was moved to wide receiver at Mississippi State after a coaching change, you know, if you can throw the ball downfield, you probably was the lead 11 finalist doing that. Right. So you, you bring up a, a really good point of, of it's kind of the team and the locker room's perception of these guys. What does the locker room sort of see in, in each of these guys right now based on things and conversations that you've had? Uh, you know, I, I would say I don't really feel comfortable characterizing that. I don't I don't have a line into like all of that many of the guys on the team to be able to say that. I, I will say that, you know, like I said, Tommy has been here for four years now. This is his fourth year. I, I do think, you know, he, he knows everybody on the team. And I think there's something that comes with that. I think there's there's trust. There's being out there in the tough times together. Um, so I, I think there's there's some value that comes with that. Whereas Garrett got here in the spring, so he 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 is building some of those relationships. Um, but I wouldn't. Yeah, I just don't. I don't feel comfortable characterizing what a locker room of a hundred plus people. Um, you know how they how they feel about those guys. I I don't know that well. I just know. You know, I, I think Tommy is well respected. I've, you know, been covering the team long enough and around him to, to feel comfortable saying that. And Garrett's a new guy in town. So, you, you know, you kind of got to earn, you know, earn that respect a little bit. I saw it looked like in some of your videos that you posted, he was budding up with the offensive line, maybe a little bit, which seems like a smart move if you're Garrett <laughs> Schrader. But when you say right now you lean towards uh, Tommy DeVito as the starter, and I know that's not, you know, that's just your educated guess at this point. But mm -hmm. why are you making that guess? Is that because you're hearing Tommy is playing really well or you're hearing that Garrett Trader wasn't that great in spring camp? Is there any side that it falls closer towards in terms of that? Um, You know, I, I heard pretty good things about both of them during spring ball. You know, I, I certainly haven't heard anything that's like Garrett Schrader is, is really, really, really bad or, or anything to that extent. Um, but Tommy was Tommy was very sharp from everything I heard. Dino Babers himself described them both as, I believe, fabulous <laughs> uh, during the spring. Um, you know, so, yeah, I don't think I would characterize anything I've heard as Garrett, you know, as discounting the idea that Garrett could play at this at this level. But, you know, 
Tommy's ability to throw the ball when he has time, I think, sets him apart. Um, and, and that holds true for the quarterbacks they had last year as well. You know, I, 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 I think a lot of, you know, that the, some of the perception out there that, you know, maybe he, he is frankly not that good does stem from the lack of opportunity in the offensive line in the last two years, which again is something that he's going to have to overcome. You know, he's going to have to make sure he can play at his best game despite all the hits he's taken. Um, but, yeah, the, the reviews were very good in spring. Um, you know, he's a two-year returning starter. And, you know, Garrett's strength is as a runner. Um, you look at, you know, Dino Baber's offense, the veer and, veer and shoot, and it's it's very multiple. They do a lot of different things. But, but much of it is built on a high completion percentage. So you want an accurate quarterback. And I think, uh, you know, just going down the resumes, Tommy clearly has a reputation for being, I think, for, for having the potential to be more accurate. Again, those numbers the last two years, I think, are affected significantly by the offensive line. So, yeah, I'm, I, I would say I'm leaning, I'm leaning that way. But if Garrett – outperforms Tommy during preseason camp. I mean, Dino will start him. I don't think, you know, I don't think he's under some obligation to start Tommy. I don't think it's a lock. Um, you know, that's just my read of the situation based on what I know about the people involved. Some conversations I've had, um, you know, and, 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 I, and I guess some intuition. So, uh, but a lot can change, you know, a lot can change during preseason camp. This is the most important time for that battle. I mean, Garrett was learning the offense in the spring, you know, you're working out over the summer. I mean, this is really it. This is what matters. The, they'll probably have, I don't know if it's two or three scrimmages, how those go um, will really dictate whether Garrett gets a chance to play early in the season. So Syracuse was the only ACC program that did not bring its quarterback to the ACC media day. And I know a couple of teams, I think, even brought two quarterbacks. Obviously Syracuse wasn't going to bring Garrett Schrader because he's new to the program, but did not bring Tommy DeVito to ACC media day, say anything to you about where the quarterback battle is or, or could end up. Um, it says to me that Dino is wary of who he puts forward in situations like that, because he's generally pretty cognizant of what's going to be asked. Um, so if Tommy's there, surely he's going to be asked a lot <laughs> about the quarterback battle, about all the hits he's taken, uh, about whether, you know, mentally he's able to bounce back from that, about whether he can lead a team back from a one in 10 season, all of those things. So if I, that, that is my, that is my guess as to why that decision was made. Um, not surprised that uh, Josh Black and Aaron service went as older linemen Um and, uh, you know, Taj Harris being the third guy and all ACC performer, you know, he, uh, you know, I wouldn't have been surprised if Tommy went, um, you know, but I obviously they went with they went with Taj. So, you know, I think that's probably where it came from, from Dino. But, yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's no there's no doubt that that stands out that, that Syracuse didn't send a quarterback. I, I do think it sends. You know, maybe not. I don't know if it's an intentional message or not from Dino, but you know that that no one kind of has that that pedestal. No, you know what I mean. Like no one, you know, has been, I guess, kind of granted that, uh, you know, that that public public spot. So I think probably protecting Tommy a little bit, um, but also, 
yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it, it, it is, it is kind of a competition. So I, I think everyone was acutely aware <laughs> that, uh, that Syracuse was the only school that did not send a quarterback to ACC media day. That, that was, that was not, not something that was, I guess, simply brushed over. All right. Great stuff with Stephen Bailey. He's the best, isn't he? I mean, fantastic stuff with quarterbacks as well. So be sure to check him out, his work at 24-7. Also, you can find him on Twitter as well. So be sure to have him. If you're a Syracuse football fan, you need to be dialed in with Stephen Bailey. All right, coming up next, we are going to continue to count it down. It is our number two most important linebacker. We'll tell you who that is on the other side. All right, a quick break to remind you guys about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action right now. Baseball season in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Before the next pitch, head over to their website on your laptop or mobile device. Just put in your browser, betonline.ag. It'll pop right up. And you can get to betting. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. We've got a promo code for you as well. This is a totally free, totally safe way to bet on sports right now. And when you sign up for that free account, don't forget about that promo code locked on. It is all one word, and it gets you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that promo code is locked on for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That means if you put in $100, you get $50 of free play to bet on MLB games or whatever else your heart desires. Maybe some NFL futures this time of year. Just go over to the website, betonline.ag, sign up for your free account, use that promo code locked on, and get to betting over at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. On to linebacker number two as we continue to count it down here on our most important positional previews, and it's Steph Thompson. Maybe the biggest surprise, well, maybe not the biggest, but one of the, the two or three biggest surprises, not just on the defensive side of the ball, but really on the entire team last season. Burst onto the scene, was named a freshman All-American by the Football Writers Association of America. And I got to say, I mean, he had a fantastic season, especially with a team that struggled to stop the run. Steph Thompson was one of the few bright spots. He had an 88.9 run D grade on Pro Football Focus. Now, we're going to spit out some numbers at you, and I get numbers aren't the whole story, and he played even less games than some other guys because of injury and missed some time for a little bit there. But that 88.9 grade is the fifth best mark in the ACC last year. It is by far the best mark on the Syracuse team last year. No one else for run defense was even in the 80s from what I saw. I think maybe Lee Kobo was up there, but... He no, I believe out. the next highest was Garrett Williams, and he was at a 79.7, if wow. my memory serves me correctly. Yeah. But to back up how good this was, because it's one thing to say, oh, he was the best of a terrible Syracuse bunch. He was fifth in the entire ACC yeah. behind a trio of Clemson guys, and then I think there was a pick guy ahead of him too. So one of the top-graded run defenders in all of the conference last year for a team that really struggled to stop the run. And his overall grade on the team, not just run D specifically, was a 76.6, which was the second best defensive grade on the team last year, only behind Ify Malafonu. Probably have heard of him. He's in the NFL now, obviously. But also, when you extrapolate it to just ACC, among ACC returning edge rushers and linebackers, that pro football focus grade of a 76.6 is the 14th highest going into this year. So if you like analytics... Steph Thompson's your guy. If you buy into that stuff, 
he could be a sneaky All-ACC guy this year based on some of these numbers we're spinning at you. Now, if you don't buy in, into analytics and just want the raw numbers, I mean, I want my my old RBIs, runs, and wins <laughs> and losses. I'll, I'll give you some stuff that you might like here, all right? He is one of four Syracuse freshmen to start on defense in the last 10 years. Now, some of that can come down to, was it out of necessity? Did he need to start last year? Because there was stuff going on with Tyrell Richards off the field. And the, it was a pandemic-shortened season. And you maybe didn't have the bodies to, to get the right personnel out there. But guess what? At the end of the day, it paid off. Three sacks, seven and a half tackles for loss, and he joins a pretty elite crew. I I mentioned one of four Syracuse freshmen to start on defense in the last 10 years. Andre Sisco, Kendall Coleman, Dyshawn Davis. And and that's a pretty solid crew for that you would want, especially in the last 10 years. Those are some of the better defenders that Syracuse has had. Yeah, here's to hoping Deuce Chestnut makes that five, and we'll talk a little bit about Deuce Chestnut with Stephen Bailey tomorrow on the show, but and specifically with the linebackers, we've talked about this all week. What is the question mark with uh, Steph Thompson? I would say it's probably his pass coverage or just coverage in general because he wasn't really used a lot in that area. He's kind of the opposite of some of the other Syracuse linebackers in the sense that he's very good at stopping the run. He's a pretty solid tackler, but his coverage grade was a 57.3. So that's what brought down his grade to the 70s when you combine that grade of a 57 in coverage with the 89 or 88 of the run defense. So that's the question mark with him. Can he become more of a versatile guy this year? But I really think he's going to get a lot of run, and I think he was even better than you probably thought last year. Even if you follow Syracuse football closely, when you go back and watch the games, watch the tape, he pops up a lot and he missed some time there and it was probably overlooked how important it was because we talk about all the injuries last year and there's so many guys that come to the forefront. This is how I kind of feel about Eric Coley. There were just too many guys that you kind of forget. Oh yeah, like Eric Coley, he's a pretty good player. He might be good this year and we'll talk about him at some point, I'm sure, but Steph Thompson falls into that category as well. One of the other things that that's worth noting too, and, and it's going to be a big part of his development, but his snap count is going to rise significantly this year. He he only had 385 snaps in his freshman season. Most of the other linebackers and edge rushers were getting somewhere in the neighborhood of 550. Like I look at another guy who I think some of you can do the math now of who will be number one on our list, but uh, Jeff Cantonarku had 567. Michael Jones, 749. Uh, Kingsley Jonathan, 555. So those are some of the other edge rusher types. And, okay, what's going to happen when he has to play another 200 snaps? Is he one of those guys who, okay, I know my time out here on the field is limited, so I'm going to put all my endurance and all my effort into these few plays that I may have out here and just get after it in my limited sample size. We talked about this with Alan Griffin, right? And I think the parallel kind of works here too. When your minutes increase, are you going to be able to sustain it? Some of your efficiency uh, may rise, or some of your your counting numbers may rise, but will your efficiency stay the same? And that's going to be one of the things I'm looking for out of Steph Thompson. And this is a very talented linebacker group. I think we all agree because of what he does from a turnover perspective, Michael Jones is... The front runner, he's probably the best player in this group as it stands right now. And I'm not saying Steph Thompson's number two, 
But there is a very realistic scenario where we wrap up this year, in my mind, and he hit his ceiling and he has a breakout year. And we're thinking, wow, Michael Jones and Steph Thompson, that's two all-ACC linebackers that could be coming back for another year. All these guys could be coming back, but he really has the potential to grab that number two linebacker, which I know that doesn't mean a ton. I mean, I just want to win games. I don't really care who it is. Right. But he does a lot of things that Syracuse struggles in. His run defense is so good, and Syracuse as a team, run defense-wise, was not all that great. Now, maybe it was sample size. Maybe... That number probably will regress a little bit this year just based on him playing more and playing in bigger spots, but I still think it'll translate a little bit. Listen, he's the best run defender that Syracuse has, and Syracuse will only succeed defensively if they can stop the run. And they had a little stretch, a little five-week stretch near the end of the season before that Notre Dame game where they were actually a really good running defense. I mean, I think that's encouraging. If you, if you put their numbers together during that stretch, it would have been about a top 50, top 40 run defense at the time. So if they could bottle that up and make that more of the Norman, who knows, maybe that's kind of the, the easing into the, uh, the, the season. Because again, you had a guy like Steph Thompson, true freshman, asking him to come in and be a starter. That's not an easy thing to do. So, We'll, we'll see what happens with, with Steph, with the rest of the linebackers. Again, a young group that needs to grow up, but they're going to need to stop the run if they want to be a good defense. All right, tomorrow on the show, we will have Stephen Bailey, part two. Going to get into a little bit of the linebackers with him. And also, we'll talk about some of the other little nuances of the offense and, and what Dino Babers needs to do to keep his job for the upcoming season. That's coming up on tomorrow's episode. For Tim, I'm Tyler. We'll be back with you guys and Stephen Bailey to wrap up the week on Friday. Oh.